Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Butkus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Matt Amendola and Matt Butkus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Butkus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by Chris Zorich, a college football Hall of Famer who won the national championship with Notre Dame back in 1987, and former Bear, playing from 1991 to 1997. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. All right, so our last huddle. Remember, we talked about we surprised the uh, high school kid. We did. The high school Butkus winner, uh, Drake Bowen. And uh, we said we everybody's got to wait till the next one. Yeah. Now we surprised after Drake, we went up to Iowa. And we got a chance to meet with Jack Campbell and his family. And it was... Uh... It was amazing. His family was super excited. His dad was great. His mom was great. Yeah. And uh, coaching the, sta- the coaching staff was just amazing as far as making the surprise. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Steven was solid. Yeah. We had the drone and what, what was kind of special, I'm sure as everybody's seen it with Iowa, they have the children's hospital where they wave at halftime and stuff like that. So we had the kids and to put up some signs. and Congratulations, Jack, up in yep. the windows. And we had a great surprise, man. That interview snuck up behind him with, with his family and his teammates. And, and he was actually won the, what, the academic Heisman in Vegas mm-hmm. like two nights before. So his dad, we were talking to his dad, and his, his dad saying that Jack was like, when's the Butkus announced? When's the Butkus announced? So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it meant a lot so, to him. It meant a big lot dude, to him. too, man, 6'5". Yeah, he's I'd a... like to see him playing next to Jack Sanborn. I would, too. With the Bears. That would be... It'd be pretty pretty solid. That would be. I, so. uh, yeah, I mean, I just had a great time. I got to uh, go to Virginia last year with the Budkisses and deliver yep. the trophy, and then Athens, Georgia. And so to go to Iowa City, it was a little different, a little... A colder environment, but no, it was the kids were great. the The hospital was fantastic, and no one really deserved it more than Jack Campbell. That guy b- breathes football. He's a beast. Yeah. He is a beast. Yep, he made all the all American teams. Yep. So our, not our, to mention, he was one of three candidates for the Budkiss Award on his own team. So that is pretty rare, in right? Itself. So yeah, good for him. And I think he was a Jack. finalist last year, so I was glad that he won it. Got to see him play a lot, you know, playing. I tried to follow Dad's Illini, Ill- so I think the Illini beat him this year. But are the are, is they stumble in? What's what? Bowl, uh, what bowl they play they Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. Oh, okay, so he'll, he'll be heading down to Nashville. He said, and uh, it was weird. They played Kentucky last year in the bowl. That's right. So I think they lost. So he's like, I said, senior year, you gotta, you know. Try you gotta win it. The dub. You gotta you gotta bring home the dub. Then we were talking about remember his last class was that day? Yes, he was on his way to his last class of his academic career, his statistics class. And we're like, there's an interview you gotta do. So our camera crew set up like they were the interviewers. So we had him. Yep. In the stadium. 
It was funny. Yeah, it was cool. And he was a great guy after, you know, the B-roll and stuff like that. Yeah, we, just, had a, we had a camera crew come out from Los Angeles yep. and follow us around. We fly them out because we want to use all the same they're, they're same guys, yeah, same, they were great too. same cameras, same everything. So they were, yeah, they, they took them out to Buddy Guys the, the night before. They yeah, went. we got to meet Buddy Guy. Yep. We walk in sweet. and there's Buddy Guy. Rock, rock legend. Rock legend. But then the unfortunate story was uh, yeah matt's buddy that he knew there for yeah more than a decade buddy the, guys he, keyboardist he key, passed he was, away he was a keyboardist and he passed away at, i think 36 45 oh, 40, i think oh it was oh, okay yeah i thought it was but he had been playing at, at buddy's since he was 15 he was a keyboard uh phenomenon and, yep and, and traveled around with him toured and i was like whoa i was yeah. talking to buddy a little and bit I'm of like, reality where's marty and he's like you know? marty passed away in new orleans i'm like whoa man yeah. Then everybody that we ran into that worked there yeah. was like. Came by the table and offered, you know. A little yeah. He knew everybody. He was a cool dude. So. Happy holidays from yeah. everybody here. We had Bud Kiss be on the line. And uh, next up we have Chris Zorich. That'd be fun. He went to the uh, same high school as my dad. That's right. CVS. Tough guy. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back. We are joined today by a college football Hall of Famer who won the national championship with Notre Dame back in 1987. He's a former second round pick selected by the Chicago Bears in the 1991 draft, playing from 1991 to 97. Chris Zorich, welcome to the show. So we were in your neck of the woods yesterday in Maryville. We we're at uh, is it and Andrea Andrean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How we, exciting! How uh, exciting oh man, is we that, surprised man. the the high school kid with the 2022 high school linebacker Butkus Award. It was awesome, man. And and how we set that up is we like to surprise. So I will we'll find out who won, and I'll call like the AD. And then I like ask him not to tell anybody, right. and 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 so he had to tell the principal. So they had an extra period, so they were able to get the team and call oh, wow. out Drake, okay. Okay. and then the family came. Oh wow! And we snuck in, and then we filmed that, and then we show it at the the Butkus Award in, okay. in uh, Rancho Mirage, California, on January twenty first. So nice. The kid was. The kid was awesome we, going to Notre Dame. We both oh, got to see him. We get yep. excited about and it. And early, earlier in the year, we went out and saw him play Crete Moni. Okay. And then there was a kid from St. Rita. Okay. And then there was a kid from York. So we were able to, you know, I was able to see him close. That's awesome. Kind of go out and try to see the kids if they're close. Well, so. and I'm sure for, for them, it's just like this amazing experience, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and as much as social media is out there now and, 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 and like literally these kids aren't phased by anything but when you have a chance to kind of see why you guys are there 
and kind of those conversations. And then it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is kind of really cool. So it's kind of a, a, a situation for them. I'm sure they're actually finally impressed for the first time versus doing selfies after games and everything else or uh-huh. on the sidelines, which I absolutely can't stand, but that's a whole different story. Right. Yeah, we had some good ones. Yeah, we got a chance to see him play the first week of September. He did great. Uh, he's definitely, you could tell. His name's Drake Bowen. Yep. You know what I mean? So he's going to be going yeah. to the university. Yeah. Right. Notre Dame. Right. Notre Dame. Right. So he's, which is the only reason why I was like, oh, right. hey, 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 hey he's congratulations. You're like, dude, uh, yeah, that's what we were doing. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. He's a stud. So congratulations yeah. on that recruit. Oh God, yeah, and and he's been a really great um, proponent of the university. I mean, he's going to be uh, a great representative. Yeah. Obviously, I think so too. But already, I mean, he's on social media. Um, I actually um, was able to connect with him. He was like, "Oh my God, you're a legend!" Also, stuff I was like, "Yeah, dude, but you're you're going to be great and everything." And so, but it was really cool because he's kind of encouraging other guys. To kind yeah. of make that commitment. And he loves the coach. And that, he would right, not stop you know, talking about it. And so that. then when you look at kind of the coaching change that happened and at the University of Notre Dame last year, then you kind of look at and say, well, you know, are we going to lose guys or right. what's going to happen there? And he's been a, a strong proponent yeah. of Coach Freeman and the program and everything else. So. And especially how you can just, you know, leave now and that transfer portal. Oh, that's a, that's a I don't really understand that's, all that stuff What's your opinion on the yet? portal? Oh my, how long do we have here? Because, I mean, it is <laughs> don't it, get me started. It's a joke. Did you hear about A&M? The, oh yeah, the A&M and I mean, even so Well, our guy, USC right. exactly. Oh, I didn't, you know, know, I didn't hear about that. It's all, well, well, I don't know if it's that, but right, all these people from Oklahoma came. Well, right, and so a totally different team. Right, and, and so the and I think you guys were. I want to say and we were, stole the quarterback. Were four? I think you guys were four and eight or five and seven or something Dude, like that last terrible. year. And then all of a sudden, you, you guys are in a hunt <laughs> for like the national championship, which, which is great. Right. But so December fifth uh, was the first day. Of, of this period for, for the transfer portal. So I think it goes from December 5th to January 18th, and then there's another two weeks in May, okay? So the previous year, so this started in 2008, or excuse me, 2018. The only reason I know this is because I was an athletic director at Chicago State during that time. And we had a young man who decided he wanted to jump in the transfer portal. And we're like, okay, we've won like three games, and so like, and you're not the star player, but like, you know, what's going on here? She's like, no, nah, that's I think it'd be great for the family and everything else. And we're like, mm-hmm. okay, but along with that, so I had to kind of explain to the coach that, you know, when, when someone jumps in the transfer portal, like they're not part of the team anymore. Sure. Okay. Because that idea is, okay, first of all, that scholarship is going to go to someone else. But also like, I mean, if the kid has some physical issues, or let's say he needs your training. I mean, I'm not going to stop that. But all right. association with the team, you're gone. I mean, you're right. literally giving up on your current team mm-hmm. and leaving for another. And of course, um, not of course, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. So then he came back and was like, hey, can, can do I still have that scholarship? How did like, the identity of the team? Buddy. Did the identity of the team right. get exactly. treated different or anything? Um, Maybe. Kind of. But at the end of the day, he had to have the conversation with the coach. And the coach had to let him know and say, you know what? You've, you made the decision a couple of weeks ago. It didn't work out. Now, right. had he had the bite or the, the opportunity he wanted, he'd have been gone. He would have right. been like, bye. But it didn't work out for him. So then he came back. And this, unfortunately, is a story that, that we aren't seeing in the media. Yeah, we're not hearing that. So currently, so, so that was back in 2018. I mean, you, you had just a couple guys jump in. But now, like, there's thousands. So 
as of the 5th of December, I think there were like 14 or 1,500 kids. I'm sure there's more now in the portal. Mm -hmm. But those kids range from like the kid who was like the, the second team guard. Then right. you have kind of- That maybe really, just doesn't like the coach right. or something. And so he's going to jump in and then it's going to be like, well, what if he doesn't get the call, right? And so now you have to think about this, right? And so- as we know, there's only 85 uh, scholar, football scholarships for Division One teams, and you kind of do the math, and you think about there's 1,500, 1,800, 2,000 kids out there, you start doing the math and say, well, how many scholarships are there for each team and everything else? And all of a sudden, you realize if you're not a five-star, four-star kid that came out of high school and you weren't happy with the team, you weren't happy with the coach— you might not get that look that you thought you were going to get. Mm -hmm. And so what happens to those guys? Because you're going to be off the team. Slipping through the cracks. Right. Yeah. And so now your parents, you're going to have to file financial aid and everything else to actually get a, a possible right. walk-on opportunity at a school. So it, it's just, it's really unfortunate because. Right. Or you go no back guidance. to your own, your same school and don't play. Well, right. <laughs> and, 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 and in that left. case, well, but then also you got to think about this. There are coaches now that are having these candid conversations with the kids, Right saying, you know, hey, you're probably not going to play here, so you might want to jump to the portal. And then the kid's response is like, well, hey, if I haven't played, there's no tape. There's, there's no game film on me, so I don't want to have a choice because you know if the kid stays, the, the coach is going to be upset because that's a scholarship that he's not, he doesn't have for something he wanted. Mm -hmm. So now, like, you aren't going to get any reps in practice. And does that kid really want to be there? Right. And, and, and then it's like you're going to spend your next years on, on the scout squad. Right. It's just it's so complex. And then from the coach's side, this, so this is. That's player development. This, <laughs> well, but think about it. I mean, you, you now have to recruit your current players. You have to keep them on the team because they don't want to go. the portal. You have to look at the portal, and then, oh, by the way, there's high school kids out there, too, that you have to look at. Now, the, the, the problem is, if you aren't a five-star, four-star, three-star kid in high school, are you even going to be looked at for a scholarship now? You know, and, and that's yeah. really the scary part. If you, or even if you haven't developed yet. Like, so, for example, right. in my case, right? I mean, I was, I was in high school. I wasn't a great player in high school, but someone saw something in me at Notre Dame, Coach Holtz, and knew that I was going to be a good player in the future. Sure. But currently, like, if I'm out there playing right now currently, I might not even get recruited because of the way the coaches have to think now with saying, hey, I got to keep my own players, I got to recruit in the portal, and I got to recruit high school kids. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you can only get, like, top high school players. Right. And, and there's only the so many else. that can play right away. Right, exactly. So it's and then like... think about that. When you're on the team <laughs> and the kid's not playing or a kid only gets a couple snaps, he was a five-star, four-star kid, he's going to transfer and go somewhere else. Sure. It's crazy. And that crazy. transfer portal is just anybody on the team could say, I want to transfer. Right. So, so like, the, we, the way it works out. We didn't out, have that. Oh, God. Obviously. I think you, so, we did, but I think you had to take like one or two years. Or no, it was, I think one season well, off. Right. You yeah, could I mean, and it wasn't considered a portal. I mean, right. the transfer portal is totally different. Like, right. if you want to jump in the portal, you don't even have to tell your coach. You can just go to the compliance officer <laughs> and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to jump in the portal. And there's a possibility. If you don't tell your coach, like, he gets a report or she gets a report every day on folks who are in the transfer portal, all of a sudden he sees, what, Matt, what, you're in the transfer portal? What the hell? Like, mm -hmm. you, you don't even have to have that conversation. And so imagine, like, you know, you're the head coach. So, for example, one of the big names uh, that, that that just jumped in was the quarterback, God, I think Oh, four. JT Daniels? Yeah, right. Again. So, there's a perfect He example. started with me, Started at USC, went to Georgia, went to West Virginia. 
started there, play, had like 2,000 yards, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then, oh, I'm going to jump in again. That's four schools in six years he's going to do. Or, no, five years, I'm sorry. Has any, has any, has, I wonder if any transfer guys went back to a, a one that he left. That'd be interesting. Like go back to Georgia. Oh, because kind of through the process. Right, right, leave. right, right. And now, which is the reason why he left Georgia because right. he was playing, and then he got beat out after <laughs> mm-hmm. he got hurt. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. So imagine being uh, that's kind of unfortunate. A college coach right now. Yeah, I mean, you're in, it's insane, absolutely yeah. insane. Did you like Brian Kelly? I was not a Brian Kelly fan, and, and 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 the reason why. I mean, he had success, mm-hmm. and I mean, I. I kind of on social media, I kind of gave him a, a hard, not not that he would care about me, but I was kind of giving him a hard time on my podcast and stuff like that. But the, the reason why is because the way he left the team, right? So no one's going to turn down a hundred million dollars, right? right? Sure. For, you I mean, sit your on, team down. You go to LSU, I'm sure. Right, exactly. I mean, come on, you're talking about a dramatic change in weather, dramatic change in everything, right? I mean, SEC. I mean, come on, it's, it's just a joke. But the way he did it, so. He gets well. There's a whole controversy on, why, on how we found out, and we want to hear. He was at a recruit. <laughs> Pardon me. I want to hear. Well, okay. So <laughs> if you don't know, so he was actually at a recruit's house. Okay. And his phone kept blowing up. Text messages, phone calls. He wound up going out in the yard for a little bit, kind of talking on the phone privately. And the father of the kid that was being recruited received an email from his brother. And it was ESPN saying that he's going to be named the, the, the new head coach at LSU. Now he's, he's currently the head coach at Notre Dame. And now, he's right? in the house recruiting and the house for Notre Dame. Kid, eating barbecue with his family, right? <laughs> and so he he says to Coach Kelly, he's like, hey, look, I just got this. And Kelly, Kelly reads it and goes, that's a fucking lie. Ouch. He says, okay, all right, cool. So then literally about seven minutes after Coach Kelly leaves his kids home saying, you know, hey, we watch Notre Dame, watch Notre Dame. All of a sudden, it's official, and he's named the head coach at, at LSU. So right. now, so you have that idea, right? And yeah, I'm not saying sure. that he obviously handled that horribly, right? So now he just lied to this kid's parents about being recruited. So Multiple times. Hopefully exactly. the kid didn't go there. Well, here's the thing. I hope. So it, it's funny because so it was Merriweather, right? So uh, Tobias Merriweather, actually. So... You fast forward a couple months, or you fast forward a couple weeks, when Coach Freeman is named, as his press conference, he does his presser, has the meeting with the team, jumps on a plane, the first family he goes to visits is this kid. <laughs> and says, you know, hey, this isn't what we do at Notre Dame. So this isn't how we operate. I'm here to Clean let you know. Clean up on Nile 5. Clean up on Nile 5. So you have what, what, what he's done like that. Then also, what he did was if you weren't part of his former now he was there for ten years for 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 twelve ten years twelve years something like that he wound up having a lot of success right but former players that weren't that didn't play during his time weren't really welcomed back yeah that's what I heard about Weiss from Chris Haynes oh White Weiss you know worse. Chris oh yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely he's he's great yeah we had him on yes but uh, yeah like welcome he's insane, back. by the way <laughs> Chris Haynes is insane but so. But the idea that former players at Notre Dame, this historic program, Rockney, right. all these Heisman Trophy winners, uh, I mean, best of all, the best, you know, yeah. yeah, you're not welcome. I mean, how do you feel? About, like, how does that? So there's there've been stories. So on my podcast when when it, when it was first announced, I had a bunch of former players come on. We kind of all talked about it, and a perfect example is Tim Brown, right? So he's the 1987 sure. Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Raiders. 
Super uh, Hall Bowl, of Fame, Hall of everything, everything, right? Yep. He's one and one of the greatest guys ever, right? If you sit there and talk to him. So he told a story about how he called up and said, you know, hey, I want, I want to bring my family down. Can you give me some tickets? They're like, great. So they sent them tickets. They were general admission tickets <sighs> in like row 5946A. He had like A through, you know, G or whatever it was. And he's like, what? So then he, he called up somebody that was more involved in the football program mm-hmm. and said, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? And they're like, well, those are the tickets that, that, that they wound up releasing for you. So then he had to make some other calls and they wanted getting in the box. But he told them, hey, you know, if I'm not in the box, I'm gonna bring my family up. If I'm not in the box, I'm never coming back. Right. How do you- How do, do you put your Hall of Fame legend, receiver like that, legend, right. 87 in, in, team. In, right. in, in 4X, you know, or, or, or five, you know, six and four- That's wild. 64 G. That's And then, and this is kind of a sad story because of the, 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 the individual passed away, but Ross Browner, who was a legend yep. at Notre Dame and, and obviously in the pros, there was an event where it may have been a reunion, but it was during Brian Kelly's era. And obviously Brian Kelly didn't know about this situation, but it's the culture that he created, right? Mm-hmm. So Ross Browner's sitting there and he wanted to go over and talk to one of the players. So he gets up and goes over to talk to the players and the security guard is like, hey, 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 you can't do that. And he's like- I Step back. Wait, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm a former player, <laughs> you know, and he didn't drop, like, I'm a national champion, I mean, all this other stuff, I came fifth in the Heisman, all this other, he didn't drop all that, but he kind of walked away and sat back down, and when you have someone who's that kind of, one, accommodating as an individual, wonderful man, but has had that success, and he's not allowed to have a conversation, sure. and it wasn't like during a team meeting, I mean, it was during a casual right. dining time, you know, right. I mean, and they said, no, you can't could be over. influential in the kid's life too. Yeah. And so, so, so you have a legend like that that was that was turned away. So there, are, guys have a whole bunch of different stories like that during Brian Kelly's regime, right? Marcus Freeman, the exact opposite. So he created, kind of got the word out, and he created what is called the the Legacy Weekend, which happens during the spring game weekend, and basically. All the players are invited back, Anybody right? Anybody wants nice. to come back. So the first time he did it, there, he had 300 guys. And I was one of them. So I was very fortunate. But what was so amazing, and I saw, and, and this happened, and I was just kind of, I mean, I, I was shocked. When we entered the building, there was an usher there mm-hmm. that said, hey, Chris, welcome back. Now, three words, right? Chris, welcome <laughs> back. I never heard that. Got in the elevator to go upstairs. When we got off the elevator, there was another usher. Hey, Chris, welcome back. Great. I get in there, and I'm talking to, like, the older guys, and they're almost in tears going, dude, I've never heard that. Yeah. And it's simple. It's simple. Two words, welcome back. You could, and so I went up to to the athletic director, went up to Coach Freeman, was like, I don't know who who was in charge of that. Who was welcome back. That was, and it it was, it it was so simple, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. That, and it made guys feel welcome. And it's so little, such Which, a little thing, but it goes so far, for sure. But, but they never heard, I mean, there were people like Tom Gatewood who played um, with Joe Theismann, right, in the 70s, never heard that, yeah. which which is a shame. So the fact that Coach Freeman is there making moves and doing wonderful things, but more importantly, getting the, the, the former players involved, it yeah. was something huge. Pete Carroll was good about that yeah. at yeah. USC, just invite everybody back. 
So. Well, and, and then he also made it enjoyable too, because I remember Fun. Yeah. during that time he had a lot of kind of celebrities there and everything. Yeah. So the idea that like practice wasn't going to be monotonous all the time, kind of like, oh, it's ridiculous again. Right. It's kind of like, hey, who's going to be at practice this time? You know? Right. And I think there was one like Snoop Dogg shagging punts and well, stuff. Well, that, but didn't <laughs> wasn't uh didn't uh Will Ferrell sure come there one He's time and, and, and kind of did like a practical joke and I remember yep. seeing that on YouTube and just going oh my god that's hilarious and I'm I like, think I remember that jack- that was yeah. hilarious yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think they had the jackass crew come in see? and catch punts and people Trying just light them up <laughs> <laughs> see I mean I mean you know and so the idea we is had the period two period three <laughs> right. Oklahoma the drill Oklahoma, Oklahoma drill. exactly exactly getting exactly. lit up getting and we're not we don't have any concussion protocol. What? What was that? I've never heard that before. Go over there and rub a little dirt on it. Get in because you wanted to keep your damn position. Oh my god, Chris! I know. I mean, you were talking about being an athletic director. How has the NIL stuff changed the game in the last? It's really sad. Is it? And this is so. Two years ago, so uh, I want to say July or maybe August of two thousand. Or no, I'm sorry, two thousand. I actually wrote uh, an editorial for the Sun Times about it. And the title was something like, now athletes can get paid, have we opened Pandora's box? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said that was because the NCAA allowed this to happen. So folks who may not know what the NIL is, it's the fact that these student athletes can now cash in on their name, image, and likeness, okay? But the, the NCAA said, hey, you can do it, but we're, we're not gonna give you any rules or regulations or, or parameters. If you want rules, you, you have to look at your state, right? So each state is different, mm-hmm. right? Some but states don't do meantime, it, right? There you go, right. So in the meantime, it's literally the Wild West. I mean, and, and the sad thing, and kind of the last part of the of the the the, uh, the article talked about how the universities love this because they don't have to pay. Because, right, this is not the revenue that they're getting from the NCAA tournament, the bowl games or anything else, or, or revenue from uh, asses in the seats, right. Sure. This is a separate entity, a collective, so to speak, that are people that just want to donate to, the, it, it's it kind of like a booster Like an right? alumni pool of money. Right, exactly. And so then it's you like have- It's like what happened, what happened? In the past, it was illegal. Now oh, it's right, legal. Right. Now, now it's legal, right? <laughs> it was frowned upon, right. now it's- Exactly. Legal. Because there wasn't anybody getting paid in the past. Well, I mean, yeah, kind of, right. well, but, but <laughs> here's the thing, though. With this Junior Seau? No. <laughs> there you go. Right. With with this current system, yes, you're, I mean, who's going to get paid? The quarterback, the sure. running back, maybe the receiver, and maybe a, a guy on defense, yeah. maybe, right? Yeah. So as we know, those are there are 22 players that are playing all the time, right? So we just named five or six. What about the offensive guard, right? Sure. What about the defensive lineman? What about the the corner or the safety, right? I mean, what are those opportunities? So the issue becomes, how can we make this a, a, an opportunity for everyone, right? So, of course, teams aren't thinking about or schools aren't thinking about that. The collectives aren't thinking about that. They just want to sign the quarterback right. and everybody else. What do you think about teams giving them, you know, like I think SMU did it. And I no, think it started Texas. out with Texas Tech. No, as far Texas. As I think started each bringing linemen like, got 50 grand. Yeah, each, you know, person would get right. a specific amount. Right. So so, so that that's kind of That better, is different. Oh, yeah. So to say, yeah. right? If the school says we're doing it as a whole right. for everybody right. for you, 
don't maybe go off on your own. Right. We'll do it for you. But the pool of money is, is, is still going to be the same for that institution, right? So let's say right. you said like uh, Texas Tech, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say there's $100,000 in there, whatever, just round numbers, or let's, let's say a million. So if you say, okay, hey, we're going to break this up for the whole team, then all of a sudden the quarterback at Texas Tech uh-huh. is going to get 75 grand or 50 grand while the school across the street, AM, TCU, whoever, that kid's getting two million. So right. now it's like, ah, do I want to be part of a collective where right. everybody gets it's it? It's almost or like I'm gonna get it. The big schools with big alumni dollars, is it gonna turn right. into right. just money? We have more money, so you're gonna go there. Well, and then, and here's an issue we all face, right? What were you doing at 18? I didn't I that, but didn't know what a budget was. First of all, I didn't have a pot to piss in anyway. <laughs> right. But the idea that an 18, 17 year old kid, 19 year old kid, is getting two million dollars. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. So the solution from the article, and I always when you talk about leadership, it's kind of like you know, you want to if you if you bring an issue up, you have to have a solution. So my solution was let's put the money in a trust and give it to them when they're 30, right? Because you're 22, you're 23 years old. Even in the pros, you got guys who Love don't know how to spend money correctly, sure. right? So how's an 18-year-old? Get taken advantage of. Exactly. Yeah. How's an 18-year-old going to know what to do with $100,000, $10,000, whatever it is, right? Sure. So if you put in a trust, and now it'll gain interest, it'll, you'll have an opportunity when you're 30 to get it. So that was kind of my solution. Sure. But I think the the NIL, as well, first of all, there's going to have to be changes. There has to be, because it, it's getting out of control. We've all heard what was going on with Texas A&M and how guys in their collective were getting millions and millions of dollars. And they wound up getting, it was last year, they wound up having the best recruiting class like ever created since they've done ratings, right? So they had like- The number one of all time five class. Stars. Like, like, right, <laughs> yeah. like there's only 25 stars, you get 15 of them, right? I mean, it's just impossible. But, so, but now we're seeing guys are transferring. Now right? half of them are in the portal. So it really doesn't work out that way. But as a whole, the idea would be you you need regulation. And it has yeah, to be done by the NCAA. It, it can't be done state by state. Because like you said, some states don't allow it. Other states are like, oh, yeah, go ahead, go for it. Yeah. They don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Seems like it is the Wild West and, and, and companies and are coming out before they're going to get clamped down on. Chris, what's your most memorable moment on the field? College or pro or on the field, everything. Oh, oh wow! Call well, or top cut two. one of each. Right. Top two, one of each. All right, how about one of each? Um, so for college, I was fortunate enough to win a national championship, but That's right, yeah. selfishly for me, although I'm all about the team, 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 I understand <laughs> it. But so I grew up in Chicago, and when I was being recruited by Notre Dame, so my high school, which this is a kind of historical, there thing, you go. Uh, I went to Chicago Vocational High School, which is the same high school that a linebacker so, for the uh, Bears played for. Right. That's your so, high school, right. and he went to your yeah, high school. Yeah, right, exactly. So I went to the same <laughs> high school as Dick Buckus, right? And so interesting. So when I went to Illinois, I don't, went know to Illinois. Well, I don't know if your dad remembers this, but my first recruiting trip was to Illinois. Oh, okay. And was that Makovic? Uh, no, it was White. Okay, because I was Makovic okay. a little bit right, behind okay. you. So. Your dad wore 50 in, yep. in college, right? Okay. So I wore 50 in high school because of Mike Singletary. Okay. So I'm all number 50. So I get there and there's a 51 jersey hanging up with, with, with my last name on there, right? I'm like, and so now 
for again, I'm sure everybody knows, but your, right. your dad wore like, 51 on. in, in, at in the, the Bears. Bears. Yeah. So I'm just like in heaven here. I'm like, okay, so I can't wear 50 because it's retired because Dick Buckus wore 50. <laughs> And now my my number's gonna be fifty one. I'm like, oh my god, where do I sign? This 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 is freaking incredible, right? So have a great weekend. The last day, I'm in Mike White's office. We're talking, and the phone rings. Ring. I'm like, wow, this is kind of rude. Like the phone's ringing while we're talking. And but he's okay. actually gonna answer. And he answers it, and I'm like, damn, this is even worse, right? right. Okay, Wait, but I'm 18. Like, what the hell do I care? And he goes, Probably okay. hung over. No, I wish. I wish. Uh -oh. I, I didn't drink the, the, back then. So, and then, so Mike White goes, yeah, he's right here. It's for you. And I'm thinking, why is my mom, this is so embarrassing. Why is my That's mom funny. calling Mike White's office? Like, we're, 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 we're talking about what's going on here. She's at, back, back at home in Chicago. Before cell phones, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so I get the phone, and I know I'm lost my mom. I'm like, and I'm embarrassed, right? I'm like, hello. He's like, Hey, is this Chris? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, Chris, this is Dick Buckus. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, oh, he's like, hey, how you feel? How's second week? And I'm just like stunned. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, where do I sign after that? Right. There I mean, it was just this amazing, amazing experience. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, during that conversation, um, I was offered a lot of things that may have been illegal. And so, like a job for my mom, money. <laughs> and so I, it, I was like, hey, this is great. So I go home and talk to my high school football coach. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he did what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So he, he calls up Mike White from there. And I'm sure Mike White is like, okay, great. This is the phone call that I'm going to get to sign Chris. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you son of a bitch. You don't ever fucking go back. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? And so needless to say, no one ever from CVS ever went to Illinois <laughs> from, from that experience. Wow. And Mike's going, it's crazy. what are, what well, are right, you right. talking he's like, about? He's like, hey, wait a minute. I, I didn't thought, say right, anything. Right, right, exactly, exactly. As the and bus leaves, <laughs> being thrown under the bus and the bus well, being and, and, Did you ever exiting. talk to Mike White again? No, no, I did not. But unfortunately, I think about <laughs> two years after that, he was gone anyway. I think right. he went to the pros after that. But it was, so I say that to say, it was. I know it was a sidebar, but so Notre Dame was 90 miles from my high school. So the assistant coach comes in and goes, how would you like to go to the University of Notre Dame? And I'm like, sir, I would love to, but my mom doesn't like to fly. And he kind of looks at me kind of strange. So what do you mean your mom doesn't like to fly? And I was like, well, there's no way my mom would fly to France to see me play. And he's like... <laughs> What? Come like, on, we gotta check mean? those classes at CVS. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you guys got the hunchback guy in the church, right? Right. And he's like, oh, so I know he was like, like you said, uh, right. SAT school. <laughs> this is like academically no. available. Right, right. Exactly. He's like, get him you know a tutor what? right away. So he goes in his bag and pulls out a, a media guide and like a catalog right. and goes in here. Why don't you take a look at this? And, and I'll be back. And I'm sure he went back to Holtz and go. No, we could. This kid's kids a good. Exactly. Like, there's no way this kid's coming to Notre Dame at all. So, but you always need one. Check the hump on there's that right, guy. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I say all that to. So the crowds, unfortunately, at, at the games that 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 we had in high school, they only average about a hundred kids, maybe two hundred. Man, on a homecoming, maybe two hundred. Right. So you asked what what my experience was on both on the professional level and college. The first game I had a chance to play was my sophomore year. And the first time Notre Dame had a night game, we were playing Michigan. And it happened to be 1988, the year we won the national championship. But this is the first time I'm ever going to start. And so I walk on that field, 
And there's 59,000 people. See, I mean, that's I, so good, I've got right? the goosebumps right. out. I've done it. You walk on yep. the field, and you're just sitting there like, like, holy shit. Like, like it's not <laughs> even like, hey, I'm playing Notre Dame. Hey, I'm going to start. I'm playing Michigan. First night game ever in Notre Dame. You're just sitting there going, oh, my God. Like, like I mean, I had to it's soak it in a little real. bit. Yeah. What, but yeah. it wasn't even like, it's about, like, I didn't even think, uh, like, for the first Five minutes I'm out there, I wouldn't even think about football. I was just like, "Wow, this is just this is an amazing, amazing Man, feeling." Like, yep. I mean, I had never played before, right? I'd never played for Notre Dame before, and then all of a sudden, I had this great opportunity, and I'm sitting out there going, "Holy crap!" So, needless to say, like the, my first couple downs, like I, I jumped off sides like four times. I mean, I was just and nervous then as Skrepnik shit. Trap probably right, cut right, it. right, exactly, just knocking the <laughs> shit out of me, you know. So, and then it was a wake up call. I was like, "Oh." Oh, we actually have a game. Right. So I wound up playing really well. But the idea again was this is just an amazing experience. And that kind of summed up my career at Notre Dame because it was just kind of um, a, not only a great opportunity for me, but my, my mom also had a chance to enjoy it. I mean, yep. she was 90 yep. miles away. She'd come up for the home games. And being able to kind of see the, this excitement and the joy in her eyes yep. after we had a chance to have some success, it was just kind of a a really great experience. Yep. And Same then, with Pops. He was able to see? Illinois and then the Bears. Right. His family was got to see all of his games. Right. And, and and I think there was there was a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I haven't talked to your dad about this, but there was a possibility he may have gone to Notre Dame. Oh yeah. For 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 a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That but, story was they but, didn't. He, he asked where the marriage dorms right. were, and they were like, uh, "We we don't do that here." Play, He's like, "All right, I'm out." You play football, and then. Illinois is like <laughs> you the, door, look, the door you brand, wait, brand, wait, you wanna, new, oh, brand yeah. new. Wait, you want to? Oh, build a door? Yeah, exactly. You, you're good. Okay, so imagine had Notre Dame had freaking marrying housing. Yep, totally different. Yep. Man. yep. Oh my god! And oh we just god. took a trip back this past year. They had a Thursday night game because uh, Dad had the ambassador game for yeah, Houston. Yeah. And they were tearing down those marriage yeah. dorms. Ironically. So the, the girl knew that there, uh, Josh Whitman's oh, assistant. Okay. okay. And told me. So we drove them by, and I'm like, which one was it? And it was all, like, boarded up. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get – she took the window pane. Oh, my God. Out of before they wrecked it. How cool to give it to me to give to him. See, uh, that, it, it, and it's funny because when you think about kind of, like, the success that your dad had, the small things – like a window pane. That's it. For 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 everybody else, it's 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 a pile of wood that they just right. tore the damn place down. Mm -hmm. But for him, and he's got all these accolades, right? But something as simple as that yep. would mean. And I'm not saying it's going to mean more. Right. Just but it remember means so where much. he came it's, from. It's, it's, now it's a Mercedes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. You know. And, and so now, as we all get older, right, it's those small things that mean a lot more than than the kind of right. other things. It's kind of like. You know, when you're younger and you're, you know, you're going through your maybe your rebel stage and you're not listening at home and stuff like that. And then they tell you, you turn into your parents, you know, when you're older right. now, it's like you're doing exactly stuff that you learned growing up. Of course. Saying of course. the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and, and so my experience with the Bears now. Mm -hmm. Then how was it? Did you know you were going to the Bears? Or well, you... that's kind of another funny story, right? So... My, and all these stories kind of involve like like weird situations. So 
Did you see. grow up going? Maybe one day I'll play for not the Bears. Not, not, I, I didn't know about. I didn't even know about college until I got to high school. Right, right. right. And, and I kind of grew up in a rough neighborhood, but no one ever went to college in my neighborhood, so that that was an option. If you graduated from high school, that was a big deal. People were 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 having parties because of that, right? right that was, that was a big thing. And I wanted to grow up and I wanted to be a fireman, which isn't kind of a a, a bad profession. Right. But I say a fireman because there was a firehouse like maybe a half a mile from my house and we'd ride our bikes and we'd fish sure. our bikes and we'd kind of hang out there. So or I only knew what I was exposed to. Like, that's all I wanted to do, right? Either that or be like an auto mechanic because there was a guy who had an auto mechanic shop a couple blocks away. Stuff you're yep. exposed to, sure. I mean, I, I'd never seen a person carry a briefcase to work. So that wasn't an option for me. So playing for the Bears was never even an option. But my senior year in high school... There was an, an an all-state banquet for the Chicago Sun-Times, and Mike Ditka was the the uh, the keynote speaker. Cool. And so my mom and I got to, to the hotel early, so we're waiting in the lobby, and we see Mike Ditka. My mom and I are huge, but my mom's like a crazy, she was, she was like throwing her slippers at the, at the TV, and she's a <laughs> crazy, crazy fan. So she's like, she kind of nudges me and goes, hey, there's Mike Ditka, go say hi. <laughs> All right. So I okay, am, mom. Right. Sure. Exactly. So I am a 18 year old kid who has a severe stuttering problem. <laughs> so there's no way. First of all, there's no way I'm gonna go up to any any stranger. Period. Because like I can't even talk right because I have a stuttering problem. But there's no way I'm gonna go to Mike Ditka, right. the head coach of all people. More start, right. Exactly. Are you kidding me? So she's like, "Well, I'm going." I'm like, "No, no." I'm trying to grab her. She goes up there, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like she's embarrassing me. This is ridiculous. About a minute later, she kind of waves me over, and I'm like, "Oh boy, what?" She's like, and my dude's like, "Hey, Chris, how you doing, uh, Christian? Your mom tells me you're a great player, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay." I, I don't think I, I don't even think I said yes, sir. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of in awe. I'm just, I mean, I mean, I'm a little kid meeting my dude at 18 years old, but somehow I was able to work up enough nerve to say, "Please remember my name in four years." There you go. There you go. What? I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> that's right? a lot. That's a lot to put on the table, <laughs> yeah, right? Now. So I get to Notre Dame. I, I'm, I get an academic probation my first semester. I want to come home. My mom was like, "There's no way you're gonna stay your ass at school. You're not coming home." Somehow I survived that. I start playing my sophomore year. Winning actually, we have all the success Notre Dame, right? And then it's draft time, right? So the first round goes by. Second round comes. I get a phone call. And it's Mike Ditka saying, hey, Chris, how would you like to be part of the Bears? And I'm like, what? Wow. It comes back what? to circle, right? What? Circle I mean, and, and I'm not, I mean, of course he didn't remember me, this little punk right. stuff. He, did, right. say, he didn't say, I remembered you. your right, name. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the idea, I mean, you can grow up in Chicago. You can go to Illinois, you know, not too far. You can go to Northwestern. You can go to Notre Dame. But the chances that the moons align up, that you have a chance to be drafted by the team, yeah, that's that's it. It doesn't happen very often. So wild. now, it's, right now, it's for Cole Komet. He's kind of going through that right. experience, mm-hmm. right? And so it's kind of like wow, it was just a surreal experience. And so the first time, I really kind of, I mean, I was shocked, right? I mean, I walked in there, and that was '91, and there were still a lot of guys from the '85 team. That were that were on the team still, Richard Dent, William Perry, 
Uh, Mike Singletary. Wilbur Marshall. Oh, no, he, he no, unfortunately he, wasn't there. He bailed right away. But no, he didn't. there were. <laughs> were should have kept him, but <laughs> yeah, they, that's that, another that, story. Cool, right. But there were there were a ton of guys. That, now, these were, I collected their football cards. So I always tell the story about for folks that remember that are my age, McDonald's during the Super Bowl run, McDonald's had these, and they were kind of oversized football cards. But every time you bought a Big Mac, whatever, you got a card. I had these cards like on my wall as a kid. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm in the locker room. Yeah, with these you're guys, playing right? with these guys. And this is gonna sound really weird, but it really kind of came to me when I walk in the shower, take a shower, and Mike Singletary's in the shower. Right. And I'm like, that's Mike Singletary. Yeah. Baylor Bear. Right. <laughs> and, but but 14 I, broken helmets. I read <laughs> Calling the Shots, his first book. I mean, because he was an undersized guy. Sure. And he was just a demon. I mean, I wanted to be like him. So that's, I literally patterned my playing style. I patterned my life around this guy. And I wore this guy's number in high school and college. And now I'm like in a shower with him. I'm like, holy (laughs) shit. That's wild. So it was amazing. And then the the last experience was, was for me was the first time I had a chance to come in. I think this was in like 90, 91 or 92. I was playing behind William Perry. And so... He something happened. He wouldn't get in. Dick could put me in, and I was in the huddle. And Mike Singletary's calling the play. And I'm just looking at him like, "Oh shit, Mike Singletary! <laughs> right. Oh shit, this is wild. This is crazy." And then you jump <laughs> off sides again, probably. Well, here's the thing. So I line up. Did he ever get pissed off at you? Well, here's oh, the thing. So <laughs> I, I line up. And the play's about to happen. He's like, "Chris, Chris," and I'm like, oh, "This is awesome. Like my hero right. is pumping me up. Like this is great. This is awesome." He's like, Chris, Chris, I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're in the wrong gap. You're in the wrong gap. Move over, move over. And of course, during that time, the the, the snap happened. And <laughs> I think they gained like, I think they gained like five yards with it. But that was for me, that was like the ultimate was that my hero was like getting me pumped up. But in reality, it was, was like yelling at you. I was in the wrong gap, like move your ass over. So it was crazy. That yeah. is funny. <laughs> so that's my answer to, to your very short questions, my long answer. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, no, they're, and they were good answers. Usually the, the answers are something with playing in the game. You know, I, yours was for walking me, yeah, out. I mean, for me, it, 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 yeah. and this. Do you remember this when, we, when you played us, we decided to start singing the fight song? And the Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. I mean, we, we had a little <laughs> fight. I mean, and, and so, but. It was so interesting because during that time, like... Was this in South Bend? Yeah. Yeah, all yeah. week, our yeah. linebacker coach taught us the, the fight song. So I think we played well in the first half, and we go in, and you go singing in the it. same ton- tunnel, and we're right. singing their fight song. Oh, boy. So there's a brawl, and then they just came out and kicked their ass in the second half, and that was it. Well, but it, but it's kind of interesting, <laughs> though, because during that time, like, or right, right before, like... 87 through like 95, 96, before that time, Notre Dame had a reputation of kind of being these nice guys. I mean, and I compare it to say that those people who spent time on campus as an athlete, they always wore like khaki pants and polos. And then our class comes in and we're wearing gray shorts that were supposed to be worn under your your football pants. But we were wearing them for shorts with no underwear. Oh, wow. Ridiculous and like t-shirts. Sure. And so and I know that sounds kind of weird. It flip-flops, right? But the whole attitude was kind of changing yeah. at Notre Dame. And then you bring in kids who were recruited by places like Miami, USC, Michigan, who decided to go to Notre Dame instead of those schools. 
right? Which was different, right? Because at that time, those were the popular schools. Those were the big schools to go to. And Notre Dame had just lost to Miami in 85, like 57 to three. So the idea that there was a change happening at Notre Dame, people really weren't expecting that. And it kind of took Holtz to bring in some, say his first recruiting class, there were like 12 kids from the Chicago area on that team. It it was, it was just amazing. And so this whole kind of attitude change, when you talk about the fight, like, I'm not sure if you would have done that two years previous, if we would have kind of went in the locker room going, damn, like, like, Man, they know our song, right? Exactly. <laughs> As opposed to saying this is bullshit, yep. they don't deserve that. Yeah, yeah. You know, start and so, grabbing face right, masks. Exactly. Start <laughs> fucking fighting, right? Right. right. And so, and so, but unfortunately, it kind of comes full circle, right? So, and it, it's, it's interesting that you kind of bring that up, man, because that type of aggressiveness, that 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 type of 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 style of football, wasn't really liked on campus, and so. The edgy, edge. right? Yeah. So actually, Holtz had been called in by the administration several times, saying, "You know, hey, you, you're going to need to kind of tame yeah. these kids a you little guys bit." Are just turning because, into Miami, which which, which know, exactly. So of. we had a huge fight before Miami. We had a huge fight against Michigan. Huge fight against you guys. Dang. So this is a reputation that that starting not to grow, kind of, right? Exactly. Right. That that the folks in their name aren't, aren't happy about, but we're winning, right? So we won an ass championship. We're undefeated going into into Miami at Miami. Of course, we're we're about to get another confrontation. They came over to where we were uh, lining up. We start going back and forth. Holtz jumps in, kind of calms everybody down, gets us in the locker room, and tells us, "If you guys get into another fight, I'm going to resign." Wow! What the hell? What who what coach yeah, what says the, that what right. the hell now, <laughs> that is the you, opposite you gotta, right you gotta understand this so we're undefeated right we actually beat Miami the year before that one where they got stopped in the one yard exactly line? yeah so so I mean we, we we're we're like in the hunt we won a national championship we're undefeated about to win another one we're playing at Miami the the crowd is going nuts we're fired up and then all of a sudden you're gonna tell us if we get another fight you're gonna resign yeah that's weird. What? So we go out and get our ass kicked, <laughs> oh, like literally kicked, right? So interestingly enough, I mentioned I had a podcast. So this is 30 years later. I have Coach Holtz on my podcast. Awesome. And I'm freaking nervous too, right? I'm, I'm a 50-year-old grown man. I'm, I'm kind of nervous in my, my, my fucking head coach, right? He, he still has the He's power. He's still your head coach. Right, exactly. Well, I don't care. Until I die, he'll always <laughs> be my head coach, right? So as we're wrapping up, he said, hey, I want to mention something. And I'm like, hey, oh, did you didn't bring that up? Oh God, no, you can, no, 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 Holy shit. And I look up on the screen, I'm going, am I recording? Yes, I'm recording. Is this he going to say awesome. it? Is he right. gonna... I'm saying, no, I'm not even thinking about that. Oh. I'm just like, wow, he's about to mention right. one moment that he regrets in his 60-year coaching, 60-year-plus coaching career. I'm looking at the monitor going, yes, it's recording. Yes, all right. And then he goes. I fixed it. I, right, right. I exactly. I'll sit there going, oh, <laughs> so, so he's like, hey, Chris, and this was, you know, you were on the team then. I'm like, huh? He's like, well, I'm talking about the 89 game against Miami. I'm like, there you go. Oh my God! 
Wow. And he literally says, you know, that was the dumbest thing. He regrets doing that. But he's saying, you know, he was under a lot of pressure from the school. But he said, you know what? I should have, I didn't realize the moment. And I didn't, and so he said that he really regrets kind of that. That's just, and I'm Just the going, time well, At least he's manning wow. up about it, yeah. you know? Right. But, but so then after that, what do I do? I get, on, I get online to call him. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, watch my podcast. They're all like, Oh, now they're all like, some of them are like, this son of a bitch. You damn right, right. it was your fault. You, you right. know, so a lot of guys, half the guys are pissed, half the guys are like, wow, he actually, he actually manned up to it. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are you doing now? Uh, so actually, interestingly enough, after um, uh, my athletic career as an athletic director, I was approached by an executive search team. And I got a phone call thinking, oh, hey, this is going to be another opportunity, another school. This is great. And they're like, well, have you ever thought about getting an executive search. And I was like, what the hell is that? Are you kidding me? No, I never even thought about it. He's like, well, so I kind of spent some time with him. He kind of explained to me the process of what's going on. Make a long story short, I'm currently working for an executive search firm. I'm a partner there at Randall Partners. And uh, we do everything. We In the last, um, we started about two years ago. There were two individuals, uh, Nick Slee and Craig Randall, who were at the larger search firms. And really kind of honed their their teeth there. Um, came over to you over, guys? Well, well not, not came oh. over, but he started his own okay. firm. And then he kind of, and interestingly enough, Craig Randall is going to hate me for saying this because I'm bragging about him, but he was actually a recruit. Oh, no, he actually uh, went to Michigan and played quarterback for a year, uh, like around 93, I think. And then um, he realized, I forgot who the quarterback was there then, but he realized that the quarterback there was probably going to be there a lot longer than he was. So he wound up transferring to to Tulane, and sat out a year and started three years there. So we have an amazing story, but we've done over five hundred CEO searches, um, every everything in the the the, the C suite environment to direct reports, and uh, I've been with the firm for about a year and a half, and, and loving it. Nice. That, and, and then I'm also doing kind of this little, this little podcast that I mentioned a couple times. There so. you go. Married? Any kids? Uh, I am married. Uh, we have a junior who's a sophomore at St. Mary's. Okay. So um, we're, we actually moved from the Chicago area about a year ago almost, just to be kind of closer to her. So mm-hmm. we're, we're in Maryville, Indiana, which is about an hour away from downtown Chicago and also um, about an hour away from South Bend. So we're kind of right in the middle. Yeah. Dan just moved in that area, yeah, right? Yeah, Hampton? yeah, yeah. I think he, uh, would, I think he might be moving for like tax that. reasons. But well, got to do what you got to do. So, well, I wanted to thank you for being coming on, being our guest. Oh, absolutely, I, man! This is a blast, was chasing man. you for a while. This, this, this is an absolute <laughs> blast. You know, it, it's funny because when you think about kind of the the stories you hear about athletics and leadership and kind of life afterward. Oftentimes, kids don't kind of find that their groove yet, and these are kids who are just coming out, or either guys that have played in the league for a little bit. And you know, it's great to be able to kind of find ways where they can kind of find a way to kind of benefit from that leadership or benefit Mm -hmm. from from that success. Mm -hmm. And so, through the NFL Players Association, through hopefully at, at other schools folks are finding out ways to kind of assist them and help them. And so I was fortunate enough because I had a plan after I got done, but a lot of guys don't. Yep. And so being able to kind of find a way for that. And so I'm always trying to promote kind of those, those leadership qualities 
that come along with with having that success as an athlete, mainly a football player. You, you you're you're getting your ass beat every day in practice. You don't realize that you're learning a lot about life, right? Yeah. So that's what Coach Holtz always talked about. Like people are like, oh my god, oh my god, you know, you had a chance to spend four years with the Holtz. Like yeah, but I wasn't even awake for half the meetings and I'm kicking myself in the butt now because those were great meetings, right? Those were those life lessons mm -hmm. that we were being taught as kids. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. <laughs> I mean, there are people that are like really kind of excited that for, so Coach Holtz had a motto. It was trust, love, and commitment. Can I trust you? Do I love you? And are you committed, right? And so when we talked to us about that, we were like, Love, like what? <laughs> He's like, no, right. you guys are brothers. We're all like, dude, I don't even know this guy. I'm freshman, like I'm nervous. Like, how am I this dude's brother? Yeah, super nervous, sure. But you know, over time, when you're getting that that the, the idea of trust, love, and commitment piled into your head every day, you realize, I mean, there are people that are raising their they're raising their families with this idea, right? I mean, who are who are running successful businesses committed to that, yeah. With the, the idea of can I trust you? Do I love you? And are you committed? And when you think about those few, those, those simple words kind of mean so much. And yep. so again, later when you're 50 and 45 and you're going to these reunions and going, wow, like he really was influential in my life. And I'm not, I'm talking about stories of like the guy who's like the second team guy. Sure. I'm not talking about starters. I'm talking about guys who have, you know, have, have accomplished a lot in life who weren't stars in college, but realized or listened to this idea of trust, right. love, and commitment and what that made them mm -hmm. to be as a man. Then you have high school coaches who were on the teams who use that philosophy with their high school students. So it's just one of those things where you don't really realize what's well, going on. You use it. Exactly. Until you get a little older and going, I should have paid more attention to those meetings. Yep. <laughs> well, great having you. And well, thank you. Thank you very much. Come on again for us. I'll be honored to. I had a blast. You awesome. got it. Thanks, thank Chris. You. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris Zorich, for joining the show today. And thank you to my co host, Matt Amendola. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebutkusaward.com for updates on this podcast. If you're interested in purchasing number 51 merchandise, please go to dickbutkus.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Butkus, and we'll catch you on the next one. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from design and development to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is a technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They also are the official website and digital marketing provider for the Butkus Award and Butkus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1.